0: boomers welcome to sonic the comic the podcast it is your online guide to the sensational world of Sega and sonic the comic and living in 1995 hosted by your humes who think we're in charge i'm dave boomer
1: i'm chris McVilly, and we're here this week with issue number 57 cover dated the 4th of august but released on july 22nd
0: yeah it's summer it's roasting we're all at the seaside not the beach the seaside there's a difference at the beach (laughs) you're, you're sexy at the beach you've got sun cream on you're in bikinis and things you're lounging around you're surfing at the beach at the seaside that's where we are we've got little uh, buckets that we're using to make sandcastles we've got one of them little um you know those uh, you know those things that have got five different spinny roundy windmill things we've got that stuck in the sand you mean a
1: pinwheel? i wasn't sure what yes. you meant there you confused me for a minute that's
0: the one that's the one uh we've been up to the beach shop you know it's it's funny i think to me the beach is
1: where <laughs> i went mm. and the seaside Mm-hmm. is the thing that
0: I saw on postcards and television and comics. Right, it's from the sort of 40s to 60s, the seaside. Sounds like it's where you went. That's where the Carrion people went. Um, Yeah, I guess I've decided I went to the seaside. I think it just sounds a little bit lower rent. Nothing sexy happened at the seaside. You no, I'm know? not saying
1: anything sexy happened at the beach either. I mean, this nah. is an Irish beach, so this is a little grey. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's yeah, basically yeah. just a lay-by, and then there are a load of dunes you have to walk over, and then it's right there.
0: That's right, yeah. Did you ever have that where your parents were like, we're going to the seaside, and you get there, and it's a flipping shingle beach.
1: Oh my god, oh my god. Is there anything worse? Possibly the snooker
0: (laughs) preempting things on BBC2. But. (laughs) I don't know. I'll have to quiz them about this. Did they deliberately take us all to us? Pebble Beach or not? uh, Shingle Beach, Pebble Beach listeners. Instead of sand, load of rocks. Just You're just rocks. scrunching yeah. around at them. You're walking around, your feet are going scrunch, scrunch. You're falling over. You're hurt. You're really hurting your knees because it's not just scraping them. They're pocked. There's a load of rocks. There's the salty sea air on these rocks. It's worse than just rocks. There's seaweed lying all over it with the big brown bubbly bits. Oh yeah. Or one of those beaches
1: that's just gray you know the yeah. kind that the sand is just yeah it's just shoreline there's no actual lovely mm. soft sand anywhere it's just the wet gray that's right slab of stuff right on the front of the water the beach is actually terrible and i couldn't mm, tell you the last great, time i went to one i'm it's not, not a fan. brilliant.
0: right in 1995 i went to the one that i am definitely a fan of that is Puttsburgh Beach. It's in north devon it's it's lovely it's what you're thinking of you've got sand drop of sand you've got rocks for climbing but they're all at one end there's a rocks area you can go you can have a climb around there's rock pools little limpets and little uh anemones in there brilliant little tiny crabs you can pick them up you can catch them fantastic go up the stairs there's your beach shop there's you it's got joke shop stuff it's got vampire teeth it's got fake little capsules of blood up there but also of course you've got your big rubber rings you've got your big bamboo cane with a net poking out of the back of it doubly good number one for catching jellyfish and crabs out of the sea and putting them in some sort of a see-through bucket maybe to have a little look at them see what they do we did that once a big jellyfish ate a little jellyfish and got too fat and died that was weird all of its tentacles got fat have you ever a seen circle such a thing of life probably shouldn't have put all of these things in a bucket in but i was a bucket child together but here's the other thing you can do with this big bamboo cane that's got a net sticking out of one end. Use the other end to draw stuff in the wet sand. Oh, draw stuff in
1: the wet sand, yeah. yeah, yeah We're yeah, all... writing your name and stuff. Anyway, this is anyway. dangerously close to spending 20 minutes oh, talking about what we got yes. up to this week. Yes. In 1995. <laughs> well, I
0: don't mind doing that. <laughs> so, what are you up to this week in 995?
1: Oh well, uh, went to the beach, saw a jellyfish eat another jellyfish.
0: Yeah, I've been. Uh, I was playing with my micro machines. I was pushing them uh, down the stairs, see how far they could get before they stopped
1: (laughs) (laughs) right uh because it's not like this is going to be out of context with the control zone in a minute but uh (laughs) we get through the cover first (laughs) so this issue we've got a new sonic story it's yeah it doesn't have the little box that normally says featuring sonic the hedgehog even though he's not on the cover instead it's a starburst that says new sonic story he's big he's bad he's mechanic or Mecha-nick. is he Mechanic? Or
0: is he Mechanic? Yeah, so yeah no, I was going to ask. Not very satisfying either way. because mecha- no. So it's M-E-K-A-N-I-K. And if yeah. it's Mechanic, that sounds like Mechanic. And if it's Mechanic, yeah. that just sounds like, you know, Nick, Like yeah. Super Nick. Yeah. Well, I mean, Who's I think Nick? it's supposed to be Mechanic. Yes, I
1: think so. But that does also sort of sound like you're mispronouncing Mechanic.
0: So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose it's only like Metallics, isn't
1: it? Yeah, but it's got an X in it, therefore it's cool. There you go. Yeah. But uh, we can't see Mechanic on the cover here. He's a big green Tyrannosaurus-type badnik. But he is not the focus for it. It is Robotnik standing in for the Carl Flint on cover art mm-hmm. again, dominating the cover with the arms up over the head. It's now becoming mm-hmm. the iconic STC Robotnik pin-up poster cover pose. Yeah. And Mechanic uh, in the background there. Also this issue, Knuckles, Sparkster, and Kid Chameleon.
0: And what, what Dave? Dave what? Dave. Hello. Can we win? Well, what we can win is twenty Skittles packs of. Oh, not not of Skittles, or of something else. Twenty Skittles packs of wristwatches, scratch and sniff T-shirts, and sweets. Obviously, so and Skittles. sweets.
1: I know yeah. you hear 20 Skittles packs, and I'm like, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd,
0: I'd, have 20 I'd packs like Skittles, 20 packs sure. of Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just the one, I'd be fine. I oh, <laughs> kind of feel like
1: I should have got some Skittles in for this one, but they're not free. I know. No, they're not. No, it, not, you can't no, do it didn't it. come it with it. Yeah, we didn't yeah, have yeah, them at the time. part of the experience, yeah.
0: Also, I don't like this. Win 20 Skittles are packs of sweets. No, 20 packs of Skittles. Well, not it's like, Skittles brand 20 Skittles
1: packs... Made up of yes. wristwatches, t-shirts, and sweets. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll and break come... the competition down yeah. later. Remember, in the
0: issue. remember, the fourth of August with wristwatches, t-shirts, and sweets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also inside we've got a Metallics pin up, and strangely they feel the need to single out the fact they're doing a review of Judge Dread. Oh so
0: they do, I spotted that. Yes, Judge Dread review. oh well you know why. It's because the film's in cinemas, everyone's all excited That's about it. Yeah. They get to write the name of a film on the front. Imagine if it's like if they got to put, you know, inside Jurassic Park. True, true Jurassic Game Park review.
1: review. And in fact I'm yeah. kinda of surprised just now as you said that, that they didn't put that on the cover of the issue yeah. in which they reviewed Jurassic Park. We sure they didn't? No. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Control zone. Control
1: zone. Yes, Megadroid is indeed feeling the summer heat. Now, to, to return to chat of beaches and such, as Megadroid says, can it really be two weeks since we last made contact? It must be the heat... Question mark (laughs) Because in Britain Summers are so often Not hot You see (laughs) Oh, Weather based comedy Must be the heat That's singeing my circuits He gives us a run through Of what is coming He calls the new Sonic story Huge Which seems like A slight Mm -hmm. uh, exaggeration But it may just refer To the size of mechanic I suppose But then we wrap up The welcome screen With the question What's sleek Slick and Sega-sational Who said me (laughs) (laughs) It's the new look, next issue. Yes, we've heard about this in the Mm, last issue or two, but finally, next issue, it's here. The dawn of a new graphic era as STC (laughs) undergoes an upgrade. Costs an extra 5p, but it's packed with goodies, including a Sonic notepad, a Mega Drive 32X Compu, and a double-page supersonic spin-up. And, oh, Dave, don't you love this next sentence? Oh,
0: this is absolutely incredible. It says, There's also a boost for techno boomers who'll be able to send in letters and drawings on electronic e-mail. Who ever heard of such a thing? And that's written out as electronic with a capital E, and then E in quote marks, and then space, and then mail with a capital M, and then an exclamation mark, because have you ever heard of such a thing? Outrageous. Electronic e-mail in... But, right in 1995 quite early days isn't it i can't
1: imagine they were getting a lot of people sending emails through but you know this was in the business world the very first
0: person i ever met who had access to the internet who had it like long in advance of anyone else that i ever bumped into i don't think had it yet i think i think it was early 96 that he got it. it might not even be early so hey, I guess the diary will eventually tell us, but it hasn't done yet. So yeah, that is oh, very yeah, early true. days for email. We'll
1: have to keep an eye on the letters page to see if they like denote what came mm. by email and, and oh, how, I how, bet how the they will. Were, uh, they probably will they'll they? Be yeah, so because they'll be so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. With those lazy Humes keep dripping ice cream over my circuits because it's the summer.
0: Mm. Tis. I've been eating quite a bit of ice cream recently. We sat down to a we sat down to a genuinely extraneous ice cream. Me and the family the other day. That's
1: the best kind of ice cream.
0: The sun was going in. I was feeling the occasional raindrop just just pricking my skin. And uh, yet yeah, we all had little tubs of of ice cream together. And and uh, not all of us were able to sit down because the benches there weren't big enough. <laughs> the perfect family day out.
1: They're uh, really going for the Judge Dread bit then cuz the other section on the uh, control zone is is titled Mega Dread hmm. Drock Press Boomers. Oh. Uh, Drock was the swear word from from Judge Dredd, so yes. I guess it's a, but they've picked it cuz it sounds a bit like
0: stop. Stop press. Oh that's you yes. see this is all, I was thinking Drock doesn't mean stop does it? No, yeah, it doesn't. Drock no no it means the
1: it's it's, a, it's an all purpose curse from the Judge Dredd. Drup- yeah
0: and and anyone who understands that reference would know that. So this is just like press.
1: <laughs> Crime-fighting lawman of the future and 2000 AD comic strip hero Judge Dredd comes alive on the cinema screens oh. on July 21st. So that was uh, the day before this issue came out. Huh? Yeah, this, this very weekend. But hey, he isn't the only tough-talking baddie basher around. So what we have here are two... Well, Gary Zamet from Southend in Essex has yeah. sent in a picture of like a... A
0: beefed up... Great picture.
1: Megadroid.
0: In fact, I'll say this. Both of these pictures, I think, are brilliant. I think they're yes. really well drawn. I think mm-hmm. they are unrelated to the topic of Judge Dread.
1: Completely, yes. I mean, this first one is kind of like Megadroid as a Terminator or something. It's so cropped, yeah, we can't actually see the, no, um, exactly. the speech bubbles and
0: text. No, there's, there's obvious text on all but one corner of it that have been hmm. cropped out. I'll tell you what, when Gary Zammit of South End Essex saw this, he said, Gary Zammit, look what they've done to my <laughs> picture. <opinion."
1: laughs> Gonna start using his name as the podcast's <laughs> curse of choice. Gary Zammit would you huff my jeans? <laughs> but yeah it, i think it says back with a vengeance and no uh, more yes. mr nice megadroid are my yeah. guesses for what the text is. and it's like a big terminatory beefed up super robot megadroid who has laid waste to the SDC offices judging by the broken desks and the fire and the it pictures of sonic in the background
0: a really cool redesign of megadroid and like frankly they should have paid him for it and used it it's good <laughs> Is it based on any? Because it's not the aesthetic of a Terminator. It's more the aesthetic of those eventual, like you know, those little uh, robot dogs that caught on several years later. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I mean, like in, that. It, in that it's white and and, and sort panelly and bulbousy, and like, yeah. yeah, it's quite a. Well, the fact that it's so Japanese influenced makes me wonder if it. Is in fact, something I just don't recognize. Could well be. I wouldn't know. Mm. But it's got Megadroids' Great visor
1: eye, so that's how you know it's Megadroids. Got its visor eye, right, and, then,
0: and then sort of four little maybe bits of pipe instead of a mouth. That might be mm-hmm. the giveaway. Well, anyone who knows what it is, let me know. But it's really
1: good. And I guess they feel like the connection there is that, well, as they said, a tough-talking baddie basher. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, hearing... Uh, thinking of Judge Red in the same breath of something like Robocop or Terminator... Yeah. It's not... It's not weird. But then we get this one down below from uh, Stephen Martin of Lower Knoll in Bristol, and they've captioned it, Judge Sonic.
0: Yeah. And it's nothing of the sort. No, not at all. What it is, is a really cool Robot Sonic drawing. Which, again, is so detailed and so good that I again wonder if I simply don't know what it's a copy of. But it... God, it's fantastic
1: it's really good he's got little jets in his boots and it's like his 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 eyes are done up as if they're like a windscreen or something there's panels
0: all over him there's a sort of like grating along his forehead there's little buttons and lights all down his spines and things it's really complicatedly drawn um Hmm. yeah Stephen martin well done
1: deserved a graphics zone position so we could get a better look at it to be honest than a tiny picture on the control zone
0: Great stuff. Nothing to do with Judge Dredd, as far as I can tell, but great stuff.
1: Not in the slightest.
0: <laughs> but they're real. I mean,
1: they were both published by Fleetway, so I think that's why they're going in on the
0: Dredd thing. Oh, yeah. I see why they would try and promote it. It's just... I mean, it's not just a question of there's a film out. It's not the
1: same as no. on the cover saying Jurassic Park review this issue or whatever. They're going a-, a little further
0: because... They're very pleased with themselves. They're from the same place. The, the top of the mega drive charts theme park coming in new entry at number one interesting one that theme park is a 1994 game by bullfrog which was Mm. to my mind probably the uk's most exciting publisher at the end of the amigas life it's popular syndicate dungeon keeper proper bangers theme park came out during that run but it didn't make it to mega drive till 95 a year later, because frankly, it shouldn't have been there anyway. It's a mouse game. I
1: played a little bit of it at some mm. point, but I was more of a roller coaster tycoon.
0: Ah, oh, well, that's a bit too complicated for me. But yeah, it was at home on Amiga and DOS, like Lemmings before it. And like Lemmings before it, I don't really get why you would want to play it on a Mega Drive. Mm. We've had a few things like that now. Yeah. yeah where, they, where
1: they were mouse-based games. That, yeah. Well,
0: that's the thing, because those are the British games. Those that we, The best games we made in the UK in this era were mouse-based. Yeah. microcomputer stuff. Yeah, so we're trying to port them onto the consoles because that's where the money is. It's funny, because although this game came out this late on in like our mental timeline of gaming... Mm. It really does actually, when you play it again now, feel very primitive. Especially when you do compare it to Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah. And the SNES won't get it until 96. Mm, oh, so I, mean, I do remember, because I've been listening back to some older episodes, they did advertise some Sega mice
1: in the, uh, that's right. in the early issues. They were
0: trying, weren't they? I
1: wonder if they were trying to accommodate these games. Mm. But if you want to talk about a game that accommodates nobody's interest in anything, what about number nine on the Mega CD charts?
0: Oh, Oh, um, a new entry. Star Wars Chess. Star Wars Chess, the video game. <laughs> right. Star Wars Chess.
1: Yeah, this is just chess. It's just, just chess, chess, except the pieces are Star Wars characters, and whenever a piece... Listen, I don't know how you play chess. Whenever a piece captures another piece, whenever a
0: whenever takes. a piece when it takes another piece,
1: Chesses another piece. <laughs> whenever you score a chess, there's a little animation
0: of the two figurines fighting. Yeah, and that's the thing. Until that happens, that's the only animation in it. They're not <sighs> they don't have idle animations these guys. They're not they're not like this number of stormtroopers is lined up and they're standing there waiting for orders. No, it is a chessboard with pixelated representations of chess pieces in the shape of a star Wars. if you bought a star wars chess board this is that and it only gets animated when yeah one player piece takes another piece that I do not understand why you would buy this for a mega cd. I understand why if it came free with like a pc or amiga magazine you might play it once. And I'd understand the existence of a real life physical
1: star Absolutely, wars chess which I'm sure many 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 have existed of in yep. the years to come. But I think that just proves a how poor the mega cd library was and yeah. b perhaps more interestingly how hard up star wars fans were for yeah. content in 1995
0: the fact that there's two identical yodas there's not even like oh uh, there's yoda and then somebody else there's two yodas all the pawns on the like good side are r2d2s it's They're chess the, same. the pieces chess. should be the same yeah i know but even in novelty chess sets there's usually something a bit different about them wow so yeah that's i don't understand why this is a video game i don't get it
1: Yeah. The Rampage of Mechanic, Part 1, written by Lou Stringer, with art by Nigel Kitching, NIGEL Kitching. colors by John M. Burns, and letters by Ella Fell. Dr. Robotnik unleashes his newest creation, Mechanic, a gigantic, fire-breathing, dinosaur-like badnik on the Stone Tower Zone. Sonic and the Freedom Fighters join forces with Short Fuse the Cybernik to take on the new threat, but the Mechanic is a tough customer, and after his fire breath blasts short views out of the air, it looks like Sonic's going to be
0: his next victim. Nigel drawing Lou. Oh, don't you love it? What an interesting thing to have happened. Yes, I do. No, we've seen Kitching draw
1: a few bits before. Yep. he's drawn uh, Sonic-wise, obviously yep. he drew Capitac. He drew the Knuckle Strip in last year's Summer Special. Yep, and he drew the cover and the poster to poster mag number eight, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. But this is his first go on an actual Sonic strip. And Mm. I, listen, not to go off on the sort of enthusiastic rant that someone might splice (laughs) together into song and create a YouTube animation out of, (laughs) but I loved it then as a kid, Mm -hmm. and I love it now. Look how little and round and squidgy and cute
0: (laughs) and yet, on model they all are i know yeah this was a time when if you had the right hands for it you can draw sonic little and round and squidgy but still with his grumpy face still with his attitude and it went together and it worked yeah something interesting i've spotted though which Mm -hmm. now and then on this podcast we realize that we just do have to rewrite what we thought about STC and like.
1: There's two possible things I think you're going
0: for here, and I'm gonna be interested to see which one it is. We're just gonna to have to face it's... it because Nigel Kitching, of his own volition, has chosen to draw the full size bow in Amy's hand. Yes, Amy is holding a long bow. A long yes, bow. this is what. So it's us that thinks she should have a, sh- a little twangy whatever you call it.
1: aha uh-huh, No, <laughs> but I think. Lou Stringer thinks she has a crossbow. I think Lou Stringer has written bow thinking crossbow. And perhaps Kitching has always thought longbow. Because, again, there's a moment in here where Amy talks about firing a bolt. (gasps) And longbows
0: don't fire bolts. Crossbows fire bolts. So then, hang on then. Has what we've done been that we've gone Amy Rose is a key Sonic character... Nigel Kitching is the key Sonic stories and characters writer. Therefore, we assume that it was either him or Richard Elson who came up with the crossbow. Well, no,
1: it was because she first used the crossbow in the Sonic Terminator in the fight with the pirates on the slave ship, and she had a crossbow. It was a tiny handheld crossbow. That was Mm. the first appearance of it. That's what it was when it first appeared. Okay.
0: But Nigel might have just written Bow, and he Richard may have Elson done. Yes, have,
1: you know, created the crossbow. and then Stringer, working off of what was in the finished product, yeah. wrote her as mm. wielding a crossbow, and even talking about how she made the bolts herself, herself in the Christmas issue. That's it. But then everything this year so far, uh-huh. every everything uh, yeah, this so, year yeah. so far has depicted her as wielding a longbow, except for that uh-huh. scene at the very start of Badniks Bridge. Where she had a yeah. big, like, five-bolt-firing crossbow for her trick show at the circus.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the the idea that we've had that she always used to have a little crossbow and the I, big bow is the anomaly.
1: I'm willing to say, <laughs> I'm willing to lay this down now. I'm yeah. willing to say this might be the last time she
0: has a longbow. Okay, okay. So longbow watch. We'll see. I think
1: this might be it now. I think it could be because Elson hasn't drawn her with anything other than the crossbow. Yeah. yeah. And Elson has a big run of issues coming up now. I think Elson draws ah. the next, like maybe, maybe, maybe something like the next 14 issues in a row Elson's oh. going to draw. Oh. And uh, after this two-parter is over. And I think that might be where the crossbow gets locked in. Right, well, we'll see. We'll see. Right. I thought you were either going to say that yeah. or the fact that sometimes her hair looks like it's going down
0: instead of up. Do you know, I didn't even spot that. Let me have a look now. Oh! Yeah, okay, so sometimes what Nigel's doing here is, when Amy is looking at us either head-on or like, I don't know, maybe looking down a little bit or whatever, yeah, he's got her hair poking up, but when just at certain angle, basically when it looks right, at certain angles, yeah, he has it kind of pointing down Back, Or on one occasion, not at all. The uh, last panel of uh, page four, she just doesn't have them. I don't
1: think that's like an accidental omission or anything. No, that's it's just the like angle. A, the angle I've drawn a, yeah. here, I
0: can't get right in. Yeah. No, they, they would, you wouldn't have been able to fit them in. Um, yeah, that's interesting, because what he's doing there is actually a lot closer to what it was that made it look like she had pointy-uppy spikes it's in the first a, place. It's a
1: really nice, happy medium, isn't it's it? Great. It's
0: great. It, uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's
1: like exactly between them curving upwards in her mm. STC Kefuro style, <laughs> or just being regular Sonic uh, Hedgehog's bikes. Mm. It's somewhere exactly between the two, and it looks so right yeah. on, like, several levels. It, it, yeah. And also... and. Oh, and, and- uh maybe you were about to
0: say exactly the same thing i was another way that to me this looks right is that she's wearing what i think of as the amy costume the yes the green kilt and the white top with the heart on yeah which was first and basically last seen in Mm. the uh Face
1: from the past, the Loose Ringer written Sonic's brother, wow. Metamorphia two-parter from a couple of issues ago. Huh. So if I have that right, yeah, this was her first reoccurrence of the outfit, right? And again, I think it now continues on into the next big run of Elson stories. Oh, so this is are. this is where we're crystallizing STC's distinct look for Amy. Gotta get rid of that longbow, but yeah. uh, then, we'll, then we'll be good. Then we'll be locked in. <laughs> oh, it's good fun this one though. I mean, this is this is just a it's just a Godzilla story, you know. Sonic and co yeah. fight Godzilla, but it's a robot. Yeah. Mecha
0: Godzilla, you could say. You could. A Mecha Nick, if you will. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it is. It's not. And I looked this up because I'm not a big enough fan to know whether or not this is just a drawing of Mecha Godzilla. It isn't, but that's clearly the sort of thing.
1: Oh, I could have told you it's not. <laughs> I like this bit at the start, though, where uh, the first scene, the first page, is of Robotnik and Grimer visiting the deserted Emerald yeah. Hill Zone. Because this is one of those moments mm. now where, where Lou is picking up what, yes. what Nigel has laid down. So this is possibly i'm just thinking is this like truly the, like the first true instance where stringer mm-hmm. is playing in the same space Instead oh. of just doing stories that just sort of drop in between and that sometimes you have to massage to fit the continuity mm. of, like,
0: the ice cap attack or whatever. Um, Could be, and, and he is about yeah. to sort of slot into that as the stories go on because, you know, we never thought of, let's say, Brutus as being in that slightly removed Lou continuity.
1: No, in the in the outside loo corner, yeah.
0: So, yeah, Emerald Hill, there's a, signs of everybody having left in a hurry. Someone's left their shoe behind.
1: A cup, <laughs> an umbrella laying around. Hmm. Kitchen drawing a nice grimer too. Ah, this zone used to be thriving with activity. Its residents
0: rushing this way and that. Especially when I'd attack them with (laughs) badniks. Oh, the last line on the page is a good one, though, isn't it? Oh, never mind, sir. You still have plenty of other zones to bring chaos and disorder to.
1: You're right, Grimer. Time I stopped feeling sorry for myself and did something destructive. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's great. That's nice. Uh, I Also, another line I really liked was uh, page three. Where was it? Oh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's <laughs> Okay, so Mechanic suddenly blasts through this new zone. Isn't the stone tower zone great, though? It's
1: just a zone full of large stone pillars, but there's something about the... It just feels really at home among Sonic mm. zones. Yeah. You know? Sometimes whenever people create a zone... They don't get it. But this yeah. one really feels like it fits. You mm, know? It does. It's just Stone tower zone sounds, like even as a name, mm. like it could have come right out of a Mega Drive game. Yeah,
0: know? and it's just a weird aesthetic that for a place that people live that's a bit odd and a bit off kilter, and it yeah. Yeah, works very nicely. High
1: rock formations, and that's where people live. And it says here, largely ignored by Robotnik because he prefers to pollute the greener zones. Yeah,
0: and while, while it says that, Nigel's given us this nice little sort of market street. Mm-hmm. image. I mean there's only the one stall but he's got everything and he's trying to sell it he's, he's a crow shouting at passers-by he's got a saucepan, he's got what looked like some watches, he's just selling stuff I love how
1: his mouth is just a gape, you know <laughs> proffering a frying pan to the public. A fry wing pang!
0: <laughs> you know, like a
1: bird's wing!
0: <laughs> and then into this comes this mechanic who explodes out of everywhere Big
1: green right? tyrannosaurus looking dude yeah but in that sort of uh, uh retro 50s clunky robot style
0: yeah exactly and it's a little bit tyrannosaurus zord yeah it's all that sort of thing you can imagine it viewers and then a flying telly comes along and robotnik's on it and he's shouting greetings happy residents of the stone tower zone today you have the honor of meeting my newest creation Mechanic! And a little bear guy watching them running away says, Thanks a lot. (laughs) I love that line. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a great line. It's that that slight reserve, you know, Robotnik's doing a high-level villain thing. And all of the people are like, oh, all right.
1: waiting for sonic <laughs> so anyway sonic and co are here already well not sonic johnny and amy specifically are here already the uh tails is well the footnote says he's busy on an adventure of his own in the special zone i was so that was supposed to say nameless zone think we had a little goof there i
0: was going oh i guess that means that i'll get further in the issue and there'll be a tail strip and there wasn't. So, uh, w- no. What are we referring to there? Is that, is that? We'll
1: have an answer to that question when we get to the letters page. Oh, yeah, so we will. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, I don't believe that was supposed to say special zone. And that. But don't worry. Even though Tails isn't here, a certain superhero is mm-hmm. short because it's a lou Stringer strip from 1995 so that <laughs> means short fuse the Cyberneck is here i didn't realize just how many uh, uh uh short fuse appearances stringer racked up in so short even though i mean this is only his third strip that he's been in mm-hmm. but it's all been in the last 10 issues isn't it yeah one two three four this is like his fifth appearance in 10 issues so he was he was really uh Put up front right away, yeah. wasn't he, in a way I don't think I really realised back in the day.
0: No, but it worked on me, because I do remember thinking of him as a key cast member at the time. Secondary, but key.
1: Well, yeah, but I feel like when he shows up here, it's like an exciting guest appearance yeah. more than anything else, though, because he's appearing in the lead Sonic strip, first of all. That's special. I you know. know. He
0: hasn't done that much. I before. feel as if the only thing that surely the artists drawing Short Fuse would have wished is that whoever designed Short Fuse might have put a bit more colour on him. He's just silver all over, and that's that's not much fun, I don't think. Well, don't worry,
1: <laughs> would be what I would have to say. I don't think maybe you remember. I do not. Don't worry. Although, I've always liked his bare, burnished chrome look uh-huh. with the red forehead Gundam Z yes. just being the one big splash of color. It's very um,
0: Art Deco, very neo-futuristic, <laughs> burnished chrome look. Uh-huh, yeah. And I loved... See, there was a little bit of hesitation in me when we were in last issue, and it said, you know, oh, short fuse is going to be in the Sonic strip. And I was thinking, I don't know if I want that, because that's a character that's going to sort of steal top billing away from Sonic in a way that they do. And they flipping commented on it top of page six. I thought it was part of the gag whenever I remember. Whenever yeah. you said that at the time, yeah. Short views goes, looks like we're going to need to work together on this one, Sonic. And Sonic says, just as long as I get top billing, pal. And indeed, he did. This is a Sonic strip. I like yeah. that a lot. Top notch.
1: I like that <laughs> he, he's basically doing the Tails things too, because he can fly. So he, like, he airlifts Sonic. Yeah. grabs him by the hand and carries him up to attack the head. And this is the bit now where Amy uh, fires a bolt <laughs> is the word used in dialogue in a space oh, yeah. between uh mechanix armor mm. distracting him long enough for uh, oh, uh i mean like short Fuse flies him up and sonic leaps from his arms and shoots and does a spin attack and whangs him off the side of the head and says catch me on the rebound and we'll attack again and i'm like oh this is a
0: boss fight yeah i could have
1: played this this is great
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, but instead, um, Mechanic just does a big fire breath on Short Fuse, sends yep. him. I mean, it's all it, the way it's drawn. It almost looks like he's quite seriously injured, but uh, he, yeah, yeah,
1: he's at minimum. he's yeah. probably going to be fine next it, issue. I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, but yeah, it's like it's a blackened silhouette yeah. tumbling to the ground, trailing ash, spiraling so, away, trailing ash instead yeah.
0: of its normal jets. Yeah, and um, and then Sonic comments, "Worst case of bad breath I've ever seen." I mean, last issue he was... A, this guy is just constantly oh, right. beset about, by bad breath coming out of big it's lizards. It's all about the stinky breath. Yeah. May, uh, yeah uh, maybe these people just thought that lizards had bad breath and so any time there is one, that's how it has to be depicted. I don't know.
1: then Mechanic has him in the hand and we close out the issue with Sonic going, guess this is one time it's going to be hard to keep a cool head. Mm. Wah, wah. Mm. Next issue. Next oh, issue. Like don't this. you love it? Yeah. Next issue... Unlucky Lucky fried, fried hedgehog. Brilliant. <laughs> I feel like Kentucky Fried Chicken was only just coming in over here around this I time, think so, so that would have been an yeah. especially of the moment mm, reference. Yeah. That's how. Oh, I Dave. Feel. By the way, Hello. Speaking of things that, that didn't exist yet. Uh, okay. I must tell you. Do you recall how, in our summer special episode that has just passed, I mentioned going to the Tesco to get the summer special? Yes. Except in the edit, I just yes. said Tesco, but in the off-pod segments, I said it's not actually. It wasn't actually a Tesco then. Um, it was something else, but I don't yes. remember what. It was and far more, like, I can't it was figure far more out. Accurate, a
0: way but it just took so long that I had to cut it down, listeners. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> yes. Somebody just pulled me up on it today. Oh! Tesco didn't exist in Northern Ireland in nineteen ninety-five. Really? Oh. So that was not the well, little subtle slide around we thought it was. I, I
0: hope you <laughs> I you I hope you landed me in it, because that was hundred percent my fault.
1: I just thought I was like, yeah, sure, no bother because it was a Tesco, nobody's gonna I mean it's just a Tesco, It just a, didn't even exist in the country in nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> Whoops!
0: Oh dear. Sorry about that. Everyone Irish listening. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, this one's just fun. That anyway, was isn't just it? a just yeah. lovely little Nigel art, short views and Sonic of been a
0: proper team up for the first time. Yeah. Oh, it's just great just great fun.
1: Just great
0: fun. What more could you ask? Honestly, for? and I and i I really appreciate the fact that this is Nigel drawing Lou because generally speaking they worked separately, almost making two different versions of the same comic. So to see yeah, them yeah. here, fused, it's nice. It's it's really cool to see that those worlds. Merging together in that way, I like it.
1: Review zone. This issue, we've got Judge Dread on the Mega Drive, as promised, reviewed by Jenny Fromer and Wayne Gretzky and the NHLPA.
0: <laughs> yeah, reviewed by David Gibbon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning, Chris. It wasn't until three quarters of the way into Jenny Fromer's review of Judge Dread that I realized I hadn't checked if it was by Jenny Fromer. I just knew that it was.
1: Yeah, I had the same thing going on. I was like, there's... Uh, I mean, right, hang on. We'll come back to Dread in a minute. Yeah. right? David Gibbon. <laughs> ready. The second sentence of this review is, at the start of play, you're offered options. I mean, God, stop making it. It's like a parody of the thing I've already...
0: (laughs) Stop making it so easy to score points off you. He's well and truly taken that on as his thing. We used to call it Tony Takushi's thing. Mm. It is a David Gibbon thing now. Yeah. You're offered
1: options ranging from playing exhibition matches, a straight game, practices,
0: tournament, or full season. And from this, what do we look... uh, I guess people are just, maybe people just know what an exhibition match is, but as someone who doesn't, I kind of want to, if you're going to tell me, I want to know what it means. I would have thought it just meant one single
1: standalone match, um, well, what? versus a tournament or a full season, maybe. but then I, then I don't know what a, a straight, straight game, game is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Exhibition It match? talks
1: about how, um, multiplayer is only available in the exhibition match formula. And it, it, that's it. That's the big negative. And I'm like, well, you can't have a multiplayer tournament because then it's not a tournament anymore. Huh. You're not one one team advancing through the rankings, so it's got to just be standalone matches. So, but I don't know what the difference between an exhibition match and a straight game is
0: then. I've just looked up what an exhibition game is, and here's what Wikipedia says, right? Uh, yeah, but that's going kind to of think what the real thing is. Well, presumably this is in some way modeled against the real thing. It's a sporting event whose prize money and impact on the players or teams' rankings is either zero. Zero, yeah, or otherwise greatly reduced, also known as a friendly or a scrimmage. I did know what a
1: real-life exhibition match Oh, was. I didn't. I just didn't know how to apply. it. Oh God! Oh God! I knew. So- I guess that makes me Chris McFeely, sports correspondent. His very favorite thing is sports. I also know that NHLPA stands for National Hockey League Players Association.
0: Oh, God. I mean, I suppose I could have worked that out if I'd sat and thought about it, but I didn't. That's how I worked it out. Mm, mm, <laughs> yeah.
1: I didn't look it up. I just guessed and then checked afterwards. Oh, are you, are you
0: at least checked afterwards. Okay, so that's not a pure guess. So if I was to say it's the, I don't know, never have lots, no, never have less pain again <laughs> no Whoa. Oh, that's awful that's a pretty accurate description of hockey i think
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean it does say how there's a little beat-em-up action thrown yeah. in for fun in the in the uh, in the gameplay mm, yeah <laughs> oh anyway it's only our sport yeah right, back to dread then <laughs>
0: Yeah, this one looks much more interesting. You know, you're, you're. Ah, it's a game. You're walking about and you're. It's a bit like the walk about and shoot people model of game, which I associate with Robocop, but that's because I'm a specky oh. kid. But um, in this, as far as I can tell from the video I watched and this review combined, you have the option of shooting people dead or shooting people guilty in which case they (laughs) well you you seem to shoot something at them and the word guilty appears above their heads and they put their hands behind their backs and you go up to them and they shoot off on a little flying platform so I, i think that means you're arresting them rather than killing them but but functionally it's a very similar thing i bet there'll be some bonus you get they'll drop you know, money or something, I don't know. Doing an old Judge Dread pacifist wrong. <laughs> actually, maybe that's the point. Maybe that is it because you assume that with a game like this, they'll miss the point of the, you know, the satire and so on. But actually, that's quite good if you've got a choice between shooting someone dead and judging them, which is that you shoot them and they're always guilty and they go away forever. That's actually quite a good little bit of commentary and I quite like it. I mean, this game is marketed it, mm-hmm. it's not just the magazine saying mm. it
1: even though as i did suspect it was this is was marketed as a tie-in to the film mm. notionally but you just have to look at the screenshots here to say that that is the comic dread yeah. that, that's walking around on the screen there with the green boots and gloves and everything it's not the movie design now uh,
0: you see now i don't know them well enough to tell the difference between them at a glance but I, everything i saw did not make me think it was based on a film there was no i mean the title screen is a big judge dread logo and there is not a a digitized picture of Sly Stallone, which there would be surely.
1: It's been quite well reviewed here, but from <laughs> everything I could see, it's not actually very good. <laughs> Doesn't it wasn't well received at the time, and yeah. the SNES version was uh, said to be better. Um, I love this little warning though under the th- it's. This is this is the thing, <laughs> right? Okay, there's two little red boxes <laughs> on this page, and one of the little red boxes says warning. This game is not suitable for younger readers. Check rating before you buy.
0: That's why I looked up the video of the game, apart from the fact that I always like to, but that's what made me do it, because I was like, ooh, what's going to be in this game? I couldn't see
1: anything. Bloody nothing. Then the other red box, special note, if you'd like to see more of Judge Dredd in brand new comic strip action, don't miss Judge Dredd, Lawman of the Future, on sale at All Good News Agents. This was the new Judge Dredd comic that came out as a tie-in to the film, uh-huh. uh, which did actually have the film design and everything in it. it was released the week before this issue, mm-hmm. and uh, I jumped on it. Basically, it was released on alternating weeks with STC. Oh. They were shooting for the same market with this, and I did jump on Lawman of the Future. I don't think I got the first issue, but I got uh, quite early mm-hmm. on anyway. It was, it was a good comic. I, I remember enjoying it. Certainly, it featured... Guys like uh, uh, Alan Grant and and, uh, um, and uh, guys I knew from Transformers like Simon Furman and Jeff Senior did oh, art really? on it too. Um, but it, it only it only lasted for about six months. Oh uh,
0: yeah, my friends were big into that. I never read a single one of them, but my, I had a couple of friends who were big into it and big into the film. Like I, I know everyone says it was bad, but they loved it. I was I was flatlining on it. I didn't get it, but yeah.
1: but this is the thing, like. Warning, this game is not for younger readers, mm-hmm. but check out the comic mm-hmm. for kids that's based on it. And I mean, I remember reading that comic, like they would have to say that at times about how the Judge Dread film is rated 15, so younger boomers... Couldn't, well, they didn't call them boomers. They don't remember <laughs> what they called them. They had a name for them, I'm sure. Probably right. probably Earthlets, yeah. but I don't remember. And they'd have to say, yeah, like, oh, you you can't read it, though. Oh, hope you waited till you were 15 before you watched that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you naughty boomer. Oh, 20 months in the ISO cubes for breaking <laughs> the law. Oh, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, I, it's not much wonder that, 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 that the comic didn't succeed when it was targeting a younger audience that was actively going out of its way to say, you shouldn't have and can't be watching the film this is based on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess they were hoping that that would be the draw. Like, you're not old enough for this. Here it is, here it is, here it is. And I suppose it probably was for my friends who were into it, but yeah.
1: It was definitely shooting for the same audience as STC. It right. was the same
0: sort of formula.
1: You know, you had a, th- I was it Tharg? I can't remember. It was that. probably was Tharg from, yeah. from 2008 doing the editorial bit. And you had that three, three dread strips and you had the letters page and the features and the, the drawings and, and, and uh, you know, stuff about the making of the film and stuff sprinkled in between. Right. And, you know, it even called itself JDLOTF, you know, <laughs> yeah. as, as opposed to STC. bit more of a mouthful, but, but you know, it was uh, it was very much cut from the same cloth, so it's no surprise at all to me to see it uh, mentioned here. Mm-hmm. And it's not the last time that it'll come up in regards to me and my uh, adventures in comics and Sonic <laughs> and everything. But I will save talking about it again for until it's next relevant, so you can look forward to that. <laughs>
0: Good review from Fromer though, as you were saying there. Yeah, she just she just writes well and. Yeah, hers are always the most interesting reviews, I think. She talks about what it
1: feels like to play the game Mm. instead of simply describing the content of the game. You know, the bit where Judge Dredd has to escape the Judge Hunters on a lawmaster motorcycle seems a bit old hat. You know, just passing actual judgment on parts of the game instead of just saying over 600 actual players are featured in this hockey game. That's a real draw to me personally,
0: yeah. (laughs) Something I didn't notice until just now they don't know the price it says price c stockist which is very rare in these reviews yeah i thought when i saw the red box i thought it was going to say it was another pre-release
1: game a review you know but it was actually yeah this game isn't for
0: children yeah back to unreality part four written by michael cook art by brian williamson colors by steve white and letters by tom frame Casey is loaded into a prison transport with other children who've been trapped inside Wildside, but soon stages a prison break by transforming into axe-wielding MANIACS. Brad flees via a telepad, scrambling the coordinates so Casey can't follow, but Casey can't control the homicidal MANIACS personality, and he leaps onto the telepad anyway. MANIACS materialises in mid-air. And to save himself, transforms again into the wind riding, weather manipulating cyclone. This was good, wasn't it? <laughs> this was good. This was bloody good. First thing that happens, we get the answer to the question we've oh, been asking on this podcast.
1: I mean, out of the gate, yeah. out of the gate, just from the first part of this serial, where the voice on Wildside said, "You remain the only player to return." Yes. And, uh, and we said, "Does that mean loads of other kids have been disappearing?" A bloody and all. Oh, yep. They're all here, yeah, they're locked, locked up in this in the prison big wagon. wooden paddy wagon in chains. Yep. I've said it before. I always wondered that. But I've always compared this to the Dungeons and Dragons yep. cartoon, where this normal-looking arcade, this amusement ride, sucks mm. kids in and teleports them to some other world where they are trapped. And I always wondered: with Dungeons and Dragons, does that mean every kid who's ever gotten on that roller coaster mm. is getting lost in the world? And I wondered that for my entire childhood until Dungeons and Dragons came out on DVD when I was an adult and I watched it. And there's an episode in which another cart with another girl in it arrives in the world. And I was like, well, I, I mean, that's just answered something that's, plagued the back of my consciousness since childhood and here it is happening to me all over again i had no memory of any of it
0: you know I i didn't even think that far when i was a kid watching dungeons and dragons because i was so distracted by my other burning question which is that how the the whole thing opens with hey look it's a dungeons and dragons ride and as I'd never heard of Dungeons & Dragons outside the context of this cartoon, I was like, is that a kind of ride? Is that like a, a Big Dipper or something? Oh, look, a Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, the local fair's got a Dungeons & Dragons ride. So yeah, I was uh, too distracted by that question. But yeah, how satisfying to have our question answered here. Like, they've thought of it. It's not just... They're not just writing any old guff. They've thought it through. They're answering the big burning questions. It does make me wonder why nobody seems very bothered about it in the real world, though yeah
1: brad's been missing for two weeks Mm. not brad is but one Mm. victim in a spate of mysterious town-wide kidnappings Mm.
0: so maybe then maybe the ride is appearing in different towns and in each town there's a Brad. yeah you know
1: i like that i like that the idea because that that just furthers my perception
0: of it as not
1: a holodeck gone bad but somewhere else that's just extruding yeah. into our world in the form of an arcade game that could appear anywhere yeah. in any arcade and take you away. Yes.
0: Ooh, I love it. Hello, I love it. Oh, it. Alright, <laughs> anyway.
1: Um I think there is a goof here though on the first page where um these jaggy speech bubbles, yeah. which are like usually the voice speech bubbles. Yeah. Th- I think those are just supposed to be coming from the other kids.
0: Oh, maybe. I don't know. I took it to be so the first thing it says, Casey says Isle Catraz, because he's being explained yes. to by the other kids, then they take us via the teleport to the prison island Isle Catraz and Casey says, hmm. Isle I was warned about that place, and then I did take this to be the voice in his head, yes and you should have paid attention, and I thought, well you should have that, said it more yeah. clearly then
1: <laughs> Well that worked, mm. yes but then the next lines are, once the robot guards trap you in Alcatraz, you can't ever get out. Mm-hmm. Casey says, who's behind all this? And in the speech bubble, it says, no one knows. The chief warden's just a kid. And I'm like, no. Okay, so this dialogue is supposed to be coming from the other kids then, definitely. That's it's not that's not a voice line. And the chief warder is, of course, Brad. Brad. And then the next thing that happens, yeah, once again, Jumping on, building upon something that I already pointed out as something I loved last Uh time. Last time, we had Casey talking about how he wouldn't admit things while he was transformed into certain characters because they had a different kind of personality. They talk differently, and he knows that these personalities would never admit the things that he feels inside. So he uses his powers, transforms into maniacs, Mm. who in the uh, game is literally just Jason. Yeah, right. Just Again, as far as art versus game goes in the game, it's just Jason, mm-hmm. and he throws axes. Yeah. Just with the hockey mask and everything. This one has tweaked things a bit, so it's not quite such a hockey mask. It's red. It's, mm-hmm. it's much more uh, more of an axe-wielding barbarian type. Yes. And he, and Casey says, Gee, this is creepy. When I change bodies, I get a shot of a new personality. Maniacs is filled with dark and twisted thoughts. <laughs> I don't want to imagine what he would do to Brad. <laughs> That's cool. f- brilliant isn't it? it's like it's like he's in the sunken place mm, piloting yes. maniacs yeah and he's like he's this snickering they've stopped at the telepad when they open the doors you kids scramble and i'll cause a diversion
0: <laughs> there's only there's one thing wrong with the art here that, that i'm comfortable saying is kind of wrong with it which is that brad <laughs> under no circumstances does this look like a boy He's a man, a full-grown man, like even a middle-aged yeah. man in his first appearance. This is one of those Biff Tannen situations. Yeah, this is... Where uh, <laughs> that teenager is clearly 40. And you know what? That helps our perception of this as a sort of televised drama, doesn't it? They've drawn a too old actor playing this kid. <laughs> but yeah, no, that whenever you see him, he just looks like a, a man. So I have to force myself to... Because he's got wrinkles and everything. I have to force Maybe. myself to remember... That this is meant to be a kid, Casey's age.
1: Well, being a Nazi running a prison camp will put years on you. You know, it's mostly put lines on your face. It's mo-
0: yeah, it's mostly the fact that this artist knows how to draw people a certain way, and that way is with lots of facial hatching, and that implies lots of facial shapes that a, a younger person wouldn't have. Well,
1: these kids look like kids. Well, some of them. That bloke on the in the background and panel two, page one. <laughs> that, yeah. that guy is like thirty-five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, The kids all escape. Maniacs cuts their jeans and then he chops the robots to bits. I'm the problem. I'm the monster under the bed. I'm your worst nightmare. He's the one who knocks. <laughs> and uh but but casey's inside they're going this is getting nasty maniacs is crazy he's letting his love of the hunt blur his judgment Mm. i'm becoming as big a bully as brad truly that line feels a little unnecessary (laughs) you're not you're not you know lining kids up to shove them in a prison wagon (laughs) you're just trying to
0: murder them um, (laughs) that's what we've got here we have this 1995 children's comic saying listen if you see a nazi you got to throw an axe (laughs) And
1: he th- I mean, he literally throws the axe at Brad, and Brad only escapes being impaled yes. by the axe because he warps out on the telepath at the last second. Warp,
0: warp, which is how you spell the TARDIS noise, I believe, canonically. Yes, that's right, yes. Would have been in the comic lexicon of everyone working on this. And, yeah... Th- this guy just is like Rah! he just jumps onto it after him and he doesn't know where it's going to take him and in the world casey
1: inside mm. knows that it's the coordinates have been scrambled he's heard brad give the order to one of the robots to scramble the coordinates after he leaves he just can't stop maniacs from jumping on the pad to go after him. It's,
0: it's almost as if it's emerging that, that basically what because you always wonder when you're reading this what can casey do and what can't casey do is this does casey now have the opinions of this character and in this one it's fairly clearly established that no, what Casey can do is basically say chameleon and switch between mm. characters, and that's his role more or less. At least in this issue, that's well, the impression. Well, he's
1: in he he
0: he pilots them as it were, mm, sort of. You know,
1: he 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 he
0: generally is in control
1: of them. It's just that the maniac's personality is hard to. Mm, control. It's
0: overbearing. Yeah,
1: they're not different people essentially. He is. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I mentioned it whenever we talked about this originally, yeah. but um. A series that uh, author China Mieville wrote for um, oh, yes. DC Comics yes. back in 2011, Dial H, which was like a Vertigo Comics-style take on the classic DC property, Dial H for Hero, which was just like the comic predecessor of bantan 10, essentially. Yeah. Kid with magic dial can turn into uh, all sorts of different types of heroes. Yeah. But Dial H put the Vertigo spin on it, which, hey, turns out, Kid Chameleon was getting very close to doing well in advance, where... It was a person transforming into all these different things who felt a different personality overcome them as they were transformed and they experienced what was that like from the inside to suddenly be someone else to feel different things and to mm. to to have intimate knowledge of who you were and what you could do but also not be that person at the same time yeah and, and, and hey it turns out I I, I didn't remember any of this (laughs) turns out i remember nothing about this serial i had that concern back in the first second part where i was just like is it just gonna be the first one again this ain't the first one again this has really pulled it around for me now in this part of the story these last two chapters it's
0: interesting that that this is the one because you know we know that i can't remember half of it but you tend to remember most of it but this was like your favourite one. It's interesting that that's yeah, the one you Yeah, I don't know why I don't lot.
1: remember it. Yeah. I don't think I latched onto the themes at play mm. uh, this time around. I think I was did a very surface level. Uh, Who's he going to turn into this type yeah. enjoyment of it the last yeah. time? And this, whereas now I was reading it as an adult, I'm like, well, I don't just want that this time. I don't want that again. Yeah. Even though we manage just two different transformations in this one, because we end this strip with Maniacs materialising in uh, in mid air and he plummets, and he manages to get enough control to chameleon and he transforms into this uh, this well Dave I'm sure you have a few choice adjectives to describe this gentleman um Thor
0: Aquaman <laughs> that's kind of what I'm looking at here uh yes yeah, so he's uh, again a uh, collection of muscular bits and pieces joined together this time by metal bits of armor around his arms and knees and and he's got big gold wings uh at the sides of his head And, of course, a big sunglasses-y looking visor type thing. Or is it not? Are those little eye holes in a mask? No, I think it's a visor. Because he's always got to have something to lift. Uh, Yes, of course he has. Oh, yeah, of course he has. That's in the game as well. You were collecting helmets. Yeah, it's always a mask of some kind. I mean,
1: again, Cyclone in the game wears, like, uh, red and orange or red and pink or something. Mm -hmm. So this is... This is probably the single greatest departure from anything in
0: the game so far. Yeah, the, yeah, the guy in the game looks nothing like yeah. this from what I remember.
1: It's funny, isn't it, that um, in uh, in the previous one we had like we we had the comic strip was the thing, doing away with the game designs to create more overt callbacks, mm-hmm. where Berserker turned from a grey rhino looking fella into just the Hulk in a hat, mm-hmm. and uh, and cyclops went from being in green and gray to being blue and yellow with a big red visor as a clear reference to cyclops but in this one they take what is an overt like jason reference and actually play it down
0: (laughs) yeah yes now i did see when i was looking for the sprites to see what they originally looked like there was someone who either didn't get the jason reference which i find unlikely for a person on the internet or perhaps just you know thought that this was what it was who said it was actually a reference in the game to the main character in um, splatterhouse but i think of that as a reference to jason in that game so i don't know when splatterhouse came out i've never seen it but it's uh, whatever it may be it's mm. you know the same dna it's, it's, yeah. he's a
1: slasher villain that's what he is he, he is a slasher villain yeah with a big with a unusual sports mask face yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and the great thing is that this plays with that it actually yeah. makes him scary and dangerous and an unstoppable homicidal powerhouse yep. <laughs> next issue red hot i've I, I no idea what that refers to because there aren't any more transformations left that's everybody turns into in the game oh, checked really? off now. Oh. yeah so i guess i guess his next episode's going to be our cyclone installment and then um oh. see what happens after that yeah Ooh, this one
0: yeah this one really good really mm, good mm, mm. yep yep this is a cool comic what a shame it didn't get printed as a one big book you know
1: you'll have more to lament than that <laughs> when we get to
0: the end of this
1: serial okay just you trust me
0: okay we can't be far alright two more parts Pino. So this is another one of those pinups uh, where they've just taken art from a previous issue of the comic and just blown it up to double page size. But I'm not complaining because no. it's a good one. Well, we haven't had any in the comic before, have we? Have we not? I thought we had one. Well,
1: we just had a few in the summer special, but we
0: oh, haven't had any in the main right. in
1: the main comic itself. Oh have we? yeah,
0: well there we are then. Well, so this then this yeah. is the first.
1: And I'm pretty sure this is a piece of art. We said, wouldn't it be great if yeah. they made this a poster when we were introduced to it already? For it is the full splash page debut of metallics from the end of the sonic
0: terminator part two Yep, the very first appearance of him blasting through the sky in a blaze of sparkly hate with a big trail of uh you know jet smoke going away behind him as drawn by richard elson as drawn by richard elson and it's cool to i wasn't thinking in these terms when i was a kid looking at this but now it's cool to see something you know blown up to bigger than it was meant to be looked at because you can really look at how it was drawn and what materials were used and how it was done and you can pick up tips unfortunately for me i didn't think of that at the time so i simply (laughs) you know skip through life Unable to colour in,
1: <laughs> but of course they have written on it. Now, how do your opinions of writing on posters hmm, stand yeah. on this case? This
0: one seems all right. It says Sonic the Comic pinup. Uh, there's a Sonic the Comic logo and pinup in the top left. Quite small, so that's all right. And it's
1: also it's it's like a logo unto itself, isn't it? Rather than yes. Sonic the Comic and then another great pinup for your bedroom wall. To that's right. Beneath it.
0: They've put pinup over the logo the same way we've put the podcast over the logo. <laughs> yes, and then in the right right corner metallics the metal sonic fair that's fine that's what he is and then right at the bottom art richard elson so you can get an art credit which is a good thing so yeah no i'm satisfied with this that's fine yeah that can get, looks good or rather that could get pinned up if it wasn't for the fact that it's got comic on the back it's got kid chameleon Ooh, on the course. back of the mm. top of it so that's gotta stay
1: in the that's comic. terrible no they would start. i'm pretty sure whenever pin-ups would become yeah. more common in the main thing they would Organize it to stop that from happening. But Hope so. Honestly, with comic on the back, that's just that's yeah. just ooh. We need to fill these pages quickly. Somebody wasn't thinking uh, there. Somebody didn't sell enough ad space. For I know. The pages.
0: Luckily for us, uh, the other side of the bottom half of the poster is a mere compo. Compo. A chewy compo, to be precise. <laughs> yeah. This is the Skittles compo. Twenty Skittles packs. To be one, you see now it sounds Still
1: sounds like they're offering you like twenty packs of sweeties, packs
0: of Skittles. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think they might have just been a bit confused before. To celebrate the launch of fruity favourites Skittles in the new ten p packs, ten p ten packs. P- Do you even remember those? I don't. And I'm looking at a picture now. I think that's a normal bag of Skittles in the back. And no, it's not. That doesn't make oh, sense. No, there, there it is down there. Yeah. Well, that that's that must be a multi pack. So so there's a comparatively quite big pack in the picture that says Fun Size Mini and uh Ah. do they have Fun Size in America it just means small but half a chocolate bar for Halloween you know that sort of thing and then but then next to it is a really little tiny weenie little looks like a postage stamp 10p one I mean I'd be surprised if you can fit 10 Skittles in it it's very small, it, and I mean that it's probably five skittles or something, <laughs> <laughs> it's minuscule.
1: I assume that the fun size mini pack must be a multi pack of small 10 uh, bags. Ah, maybe, and then those other ones that you see there are just regular size packs. And then
0: these are all positioned, and I've honestly never thought of this before, um, with skittles behind them, and then balls yes. for knocking down those skittles, as in skit not the sweets, skittles, as in as the in bowling sticky uppy fellas yes. with the head on the top. Yeah, those. So, to celebrate the launch of these new 10p packs, STC has 20 Skittles goodie bags up for grabs courtesy of Mars Confectionery. Chew Boomers. Oh, God, that's not Chuboom- even a pun. Is that like you Boomers? You Boomers. Chew Boomers. Chew Boomers. Will just love the contents of each cool pack. There's. Boing! A wacky wristwatch. Boing! Whee! <laughs> <laughs> Not a -A W-A-C-K-Y wristwatch,
1: but a misspelled, a (laughs) wacky (laughs) wristwatch with an H in it. And not
0: pictured, so we have no idea what Mm, was unusual. No idea how wacky it is, I
1: cannot gauge
0: its wackiness. No, it could have simply been a normal watch, or it could have been a watch with all, like, maybe the hands stick up out of it as massive, pointy things. That'd be I really would imagine wacky. it's colourful. Probably colourful. It'll just be Skittles colours. Yeah. Therefore wacky. Yeah, but it said wacky on the front page as well. So obviously the Skittles people want to want us to say it's wacky. A scratch and sniff t-shirt, brackets strawberry smelling, that's not very wacky. A scratch and sniff is But it doesn't purport to be wacky. Fair. It doesn't. It's You're just right. Smelling. A totally <laughs> a boring scratch and sniff t-shirt. Wait, actually, I was going to say, I associate Scratch and Sniff with, like, what what unusual thing can we do? Smelly socks, stuff like that. Sure, yeah.
1: No, I feel like we were definitely into that as kids. Mm. Scratch and Sniff as a representation of stank. But that is big. And I'll I'll tell you, not to be retrograde, but that's because we're boys. Uh So all our Scratch and Sniff properties... We're targeted to us like that. Oh, right. poo, stink whoa. Whereas girls were getting lovely fruity, oh, uh, you're fruity right, and smel- smells like a cute perfume dog stickers still to them.
0: Whereas we got fish and banana peels and stuff. And the thing is, a t shirt you do want that to be nice smelling scratch and sniff. Because yeah. you're gonna pong it up anyway. And then when you when you've got ponged up, give it a scratch. Back to fresh again, back to playing. Don't even need to wash. No, just give it a scratch. <laughs> Yeah. And then, of course, some yummy skittles.
1: Please note t shirts are available for 7 to 8 years or 9 to 11 years only. Mm. Please specify the size which you require. Mm. I would have been too big uh, yeah. too big to have any of these shirts fit me by that stage. You could probably fit a 9 to 11 years old
0: now. <laughs> <were>. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I certainly <laughs> would have done that. I was a very skinny boy then. You could count my ribs. But um, it's just a word search. Yeah, it's just a word search. And so you have to. F- it tells you what words you're even looking for. Blackcurrant, chewy, fruity, lemon, lime, new, orange, rainbow, skittles, strawberry, sweets and yummy. Um, but it's the sort of word search where they've put some extra words in. I can't find any now, but I found them. I was going to say, have they? I
1: didn't notice any.
0: <laughs> I did. Street cred is in there, and that's not... Uh... Oh,
1: yeah, so it is. That's weird. Yeah.
0: I found another one as well.
1: To be honest, it feels like they maybe just left that out of the box of things you're supposed to look for, rather than it being an extra word they snuck maybe, in. Maybe,
0: and I would agree with that, if it weren't for the fact that... So the whole top line is blackcurrant. That's easy to find. Yes. The next line down, look. Warts. Is there. That's strawberry backwards. Ah, so it is. I never knew that about the word strawberry. It's got warts in it. Oh, <laughs> how shall I apply this new information? <laughs> I don't know. Once you've circled all 12 words, just cut out the word search. Absolutely not. It's got metallics on the back. Stick it on the back of a postcard or sealed down empty envelope. Add your name, address, and required t-shirt size and post it to Sonic the Comic Skittles Compo P.O. Box 33 Uckfield X... Whoa, Uckfield X is that an alien what planet is... masquerading as a town? Yeah. <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> East Sussex, TN twenty two one PX. In the first twenty correct entries pulled from Megadroid's Sun Hat. Put it on the spreadsheet. After Thursday the tenth of August nineteen ninety five. Well, it's still after Thursday the tenth of August nineteen ninety five, so I think you're in for a chance, listeners. We'll win a Groovy Skittles pack. Oh, wait, no, the first 20. You've missed it. Sorry, listeners.
1: No, nah, you're right. Only I hope one pack someone's
0: per Someone's in that spreadsheet I keep referring to. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Only one pack per person. The editor's decision is final. So. You're probably out of luck, but maybe 20 people didn't even send it in. You never know. I do love when I see that the editor's
1: decision is final, because you know that old rule of thumb where it says, if you see a sign, it means there's a reason that that sign (laughs) had to go up. (laughs) Ah. So it's like you conjure up the image in your head that some angry mother has phoned the STC offices complaining about how little Johnny keeps sending in entries to these contests, and he never wins well, ma'am, I'm afraid the editor's decision is final. Perhaps
0: she tried to, you know, escalate it to someone higher than the editor, and so they had to be like, no, the editor's decision is final. You can't, can't like be sending this to up. to your manager. Yeah, you can't be sending this up to the head of Egmont. Oh, it's not Egmont yet, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Fleetway. Total
1: Chaotics Part 5, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Richard Elson, and letters by Elitafell. Knuckles goes one-on-one with Metallics. It's a tough fight, but the Red Dreaded One is finally able to put the Metal Sonic down by impaling him with a girder. The Chaotix dig their way out of the rubble, and Knack reappears, telling the group he's found where the Metalixes are keeping the Omniviewer, but then leads them right into the Emperor Metalix's throne room, where he reveals that he sold the team out.
0: Oh, there's a lot of good stuff in this one. Oh, I mean knuckles fights
1: metallics I mean, I mean what more do you need do you need to go past the first no, page
0: i mean no. well you better do because if you get to the second page knuckles steps out of the steaming wreckage of the room that metallics just blasted with its chest laser yeah and carrying a girder and yanks yeah. it into the chest of the metal sonic and it explodes
1: yes yeah he doesn't like get the metallics to fall on a girder or run into a girder or something or or use gravity to drive a girder into him he throws it like a javelin he (laughs) and impales him with it
0: brilliant hell yes oh yeah it's very, very good. Top of uh, the, the third page, Richard Elson draws Knuckles' his, um, head spines a bit thicker than he usually does, and it makes him look really cool for some reason. It makes Ooh, him look Yeah, tougher. he does look quite hench, doesn't he? Mm, doesn't he? Yeah, I like that. And then the Chaotix come back. It's always nice to see them. we got these new characters. L- L-
1: Knack peeping his head. It's like, if you didn't think mm. something was going on with Knack by now, it's the fact that he just shows up just as the Metallics gets defeated, pops his head round the corner. That's right. It was amazing. I can't believe you beat a Metallics. <laughs> Where did you get to? Ah, oh, never mind.
0: And we get lots of good Emperor Metallics stuff, lots of good close-ups on his head, making its head look really big. His head looks really big and heavy, this issue, and it should do. Yes, I love it.
1: The, uh, we find out here now that uh, the emperor is trying to gain access to the omniviewer's oh, power. Yes, we have yeah, I mean, That's the only hint we've had about what they're really up to. Then we get the sort of the twist that to us is barely even a twist anymore. Chaotics and and uh, and Knuckles they're following Knack as he leads them through the tunnels. Mm. And Vector says, "Let's move. They're bound to send the other metallics now. We've damaged that one." And uh, by the way, what ah. we Vector? Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, because the, the, the metallics isn't even down, you know, it gets back up with a huge hole through it, and it's shambling after yeah. them, you know. <laughs> Knuckles' responds, by Ah,
0: oh, flippin' heck! When he turns around <laughs> yeah. and
1: sees it there. That's
0: my favourite Knuckles line
1: yet. Because, of course, we know there are two metallics kicking about, but as they enter the Emperor's throne room and are surrounded by four more metallicses, mm. we suddenly realise... There may be quite a few more of these than we realized. But of course, you and I have been reading this story and not even thinking about that.
0: Yeah. Because we knew that
1: already. We knew that already. And it it really only clocked when, well, Mighty says in this one, how many of these blasted metallics are there? In this bit, I and mean, that's when you realize it's like, oh yeah, we're not supposed
0: to know there's more than two yet. Yeah, although it did, yes, I mean, we've had the elite brotherhood line, haven't we? So that implies, yes, to we me, have. that implies more than two. Sure, sure, but
1: they haven't drawn the connection between those two things. Yet.
0: Oh, no, yeah. You
1: know, we are like, like, there's no point in, like acting like we don't know. Like, yeah, yeah this is the brotherhood. Uh, I mean, they haven't been called the phrase, the brotherhood of metallics has not been used yet, mm. but. It was simply called an elite brotherhood, and now we've seen two more and an emperor. But the two things have not been directly connected by the actual narrative yet. But it's impossible for us to forget. But but yeah, yeah. like this is the brotherhood, this is it. There's more than two of them. Yeah. And, and oh, the
0: places this is going to uh, go. Uh, it, uh, and what a great idea. I mean, just Metal Sonic, it's such a good design. How do you improve upon it? Let's have more of them. More of them. Just more of them.
1: Like I love it. I don't. Know. I. F- I feel like ultimately my preference is still for Metallics as the Terminator, the Sol, mm-hmm. even though the Terminator wasn't a solitary robot and was one Fair of well. a line, but as the singular, implacable killing machine, uh-huh. which is why the story was called the Sonic yeah. Terminator. That's what he was, not just, but also a time traveling it. But 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 uh, that's what he was for this storyline. Their Daleks. Yeah. And, and that's not even, a. I believe, Kitching himself has said yep. that that's what's going yep. on. That's Emperor with legions of identical duplicates. I feel it's the Emperor that saves it from being boring. Well, not boring, but, you know, it's the uniqueness of the Emperor. Mm. But still, as great as what is to come is, my preference for Metallics is, is the singular Hunter. Right, yeah.
0: And uh, And thinking about the timing of this, I don't know this for sure, but I think this would have been Nigel... Not just going, oh, I want to write about Daleks, but actually being like, remember when Daleks were like this? Because yes, there was an Emperor Dalek, but it had been essentially phased out and not used for a very long time when they came up with Davros instead. So now we have a sort, I mean, it's a bit Davros this this uh, Emperor Dalek, yeah. but it means that it's like, yeah. This would have been ones that he remembers from an earlier era of Doctor Who that perhaps he was fonder of maybe in his own childhood.
1: I was going to say, don't forget, Doctor Who had been phased out for quite a while. Point at the time. there, you have The story there. was being written, you know. And the last Dalek story that they showed did have an Emperor Dalek. Oh, did it really? It was, it turned, yeah, well, it turned out to be Davros's head inside a casing. Oh, right. That was the last episode surprise reveal. It right. was an Emperor Dalek leading the Daleks in the rest of
0: the story. And if we take me as an example, I did watch that, and I did watch Doctor Who every time it was on in my lifetime. But I was so young back then that, yes, I knew who Doctor Who was, and I knew... What Daleks were, yeah. but I couldn't really remember. Yeah. So this, I didn't get the reference at the time, and uh, this was just deeply exciting to me.
1: We are only old enough to have seen McCoy's hmm. the final, the seventh Doctor, like a bit of his run.
0: Yeah, there, I was there for a little bit of Baker before him, but not while I was forming memories. You know what I mean? That was yeah, yeah, not weeks. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. We're only old enough to have any memory of yeah. from McCoy. So actually. yeah, so we knew what Daleks were, but yeah.
1: And twist upon twist, shock and horror. It turns <laughs> ah. out Knack has sold out the team. Who could have seen it coming? Yeah. <laughs> Do not be concerned, Weasel. You will get what you deserve.
0: Yes, I like that. As soon as, on the same page as the betrayal, we discover that yes, he's just gonna get killed along with the rest of them anyway.
1: Foolish creatures of flesh.
0: <laughs> Next issue, Knack's reward. Ooh.
1: I feel like it's so easy to just gloss over Richard Elson at this point because he is just such the mainstay and such the high bar of quality for the comic. Mm -hmm. But look how good it looks.
0: It's so so good. It's so good. Look how good he draws Knack. I know. I love the shapes of Knack it's all yeah. points
1: pointy nose pointy tooth pointy eyes pointy cheeks
0: honestly apart from the fact that he was just a good artist one of the real skills that richard elson particularly brought to this that other artists couldn't always pull off was taking these weird looking sega characters and moving them around in 3d space mm-hmm. you get to see Knack from slightly underneath here and that's really tricky. And moving Knuckles' head around—really tricky. Yeah. Richard makes it look natural.
1: There's a great um, kinetic energy to Knuckles' head turns in this, mm. where you really do feel the weight mm. of the dreadlocks as they swing. Especially
0: the, the flipping neck panel, yeah. Yeah,
1: you can really hear them
0: slapping against each other like sides <laughs> of beef, <laughs> like a pack of sausages. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. probably—that's probably bad. To be honest, they probably shouldn't look so thick and heavy and too massent, but they do. <laughs> They're not pointy and standy. up. Like it's true of Sonic. It's true. They're both quills. They're both supposed to be pointy quills hmm. on the creatures in question. Yes. On the echidna, on the hedgehog, but. They're two completely different things, you know. Sonic is a is the buzzsaw sharp yep. spines, and Knuckles is a pack of sausages.
0: I think <laughs> I think um, I think it was Johan who uh, said to me uh, privately that he's very disturbed by STC's version of Knuckles and how his spines can flop and flap around like that. But I showed him the sprites from Sonic and Knuckles, and that's what they do when you glide—they splay yeah, out. Yeah. They splay out. I yeah. think that was particularly what it was. He saw a picture of Knuckles gliding with his uh, spine splayed, and he thought, oh, I, don't, "I don't like that." But no, that—that that is what it is. It's a pack of flappy sausages, and that's just what it is. You will believe an echidna can fly. You will believe a sausage can flap. Yeah. <laughs> zone
1: It's another Q and A special in the Q Q&A zone I like these just for the uh, for the old um, the breadth of games included. Yes. We've got. Uh, I mean, there's nothing interesting here, unfortunately. What do we got? We got uh, cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. We got password, level passwords for cannon mm-hmm. fodder. An infinite ammo cheat for Earthworm Jim. We got a level select for Mickey Mania. A selection of cheats for Micro Machines on the Master System. And how to turn Sonic into a fireballing hedgehog for Sonic Chaos on the Game <laughs> Gear.
0: Hedgehog. Turn Sonic into a fireballing hedgehog. Hedgehog. Do do what was <laughs> there's, a, there's a video of a man looking at a cloud going cloud turn into a square he thinks he's, he's got a way of talking that makes clouds turn into square clouds see this cloud I make videos where I'm able to control clouds by my
1: psychokinesis psychic power I'm gonna try to turn this cloud into a square-shaped cloud by psychic power turn it into a square-shaped cloud. Become Cleared, become a square shape. Cleared become a square shape. become a square
0: shape well
1: i understand that about as much as i understand this cheat i mean yeah. i understand how it works press the start button then press down down up up left right left right one two and start a nice classic sure. cheat formula yeah. you should see a sound test select this press down down right right and finally press one start the game as normal and bob's your uncle okay, Mm -hmm. what has this done? Yes, It has turned Sonic, it's given him the ability to launch fireballs, how do I do that? What does it entail? What's the story?
0: And I can't, uh, listen, I know it's unfair of me, but I can't miss the fact that there's two typos in one sentence. Yes, somebody really lost interest here on the last (laughs) section
1: of the, uh, this had to be get on before it was Friday at five Mm. whenever they turned this Mm -hmm. in.
0: (laughs) Uh, The sentence says, likewise, Soul 16, so they're talking about how Sonic Chaos came out to compensate sole handheld users because they can't play Sonic and Knuckles, right? And then it says, likewise, mm-hmm. sole 16-bit owners didn't get to play Sonic Coass and mm-hmm. boy did they miss out on a Brill Sonic Game 2 space exclamation mark. Game, and then the number 2, and then a space, and then an exclamation mark. Oh dear. It's almost like three separate it's typos, t- yes? really, isn't it? <laughs> Zero. I mean, they just did. the cat jump on the keyboard, or what? Friday at five.
1: I did have a chuckle here where Gibbon gets on the defensive immediately with Earthworm Jim. Before you say a word, I know the Q Zone recently featured the complete solution, including a brilliant screen sheet. Whatever that is, a brilliant screen, screen sheet cheat. to this regularly adventure game. But there is one you've not seen yet. Leave me alone. And it's funny because then the next cheat is for Mickey Mania, which they also published like a, a complete guide to, following on from our mega
0: complete solution here's a level select cheat mm. yeah he's getting in before because he's had he's, this is the thing he's been abused by the readers recently they keep correcting him and getting cross about him typing things wrong
1: that's true Didn't we had a lot of that last yeah time? so <laughs>
0: he spent the whole of last issue apologizing so this time he's trying to get every possible contingency in first right look I know I did Earthworm Jim yeah I found a tiny scrap of more information so I'm printing it specially here nobody it doesn't even say it says Q&A special but who's q and a that are these Q's and A's are people sending in these questions that normally that's like, you've been asking how to do this in a game. But it doesn't say any of those in this double page at all does it? Don't think it does. No, so it's not a Q&A special at all. Oh yeah?
1: <laughs> Maybe Oh god. Did they just forget to take that logo off the page when they, were <laughs> updating the, when they were updating the layout from the previous issue? That is
0: possible. Also, I've never noticed this before. Is this always the case where after these columns and columns of just lists of cheats, you know, like the cannon fodder passwords. Mission 1 password. Puxjund. Mission 2 password. Uzunk. All of this. All of your tips. All of your jump on this. Right, right, up, down, left, right, start. And then at the end of that there's a little icon that says the end. The end. <laughs> the end, <laughs> they and they all lived up. happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> I think they started
1: putting those on um, with the multi-part guides that spread over two issues, ah. but I think they've sort of stuck around ever since. Right, yeah. <laughs> or
0: or again, whoever put together this layout has just left all the same logos. i to, le- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have
1: to keep an eye out in the future see if it's still
0: there, and I have to go back and check. Yeah. Sparkster. Last of the Rocket Knights Part 5, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Keith Page and letters by Steve Potter. Sparkster's twisted reflections in the many facets of King Gedel's gem come to life and attack him, but Sparkster soon realises that the reflections are only illusions and attacks the gem, directly shattering it. Geddel's spell over the kingdom is broken just before his wedding to Princess Shelley can be completed
1: i got it right you did yeah yeah the reflections and came to only, life i didn't remember not it. only
0: did they come to life and jump out but they're all weird and stretched and yeah, different all shapes one house
1: mirror reflections yeah
0: cool i like that concept a lot yeah that's good yeah and, oh and in fact i never even noticed this but the page where he's fighting them the panels are likewise shaped a bit like facets in a gem in a way that they aren't the rest of the time all
1: different irregular shapes yeah anyway.
0: yeah that's cool and
1: we get some more uh King Gadol's mum stuff. Yes. Some good Nigel Kitching decapitate stuff. But, mother, you promised! Well, I've changed me mind I don't want her to have it. Too skinny. Not a bit of meat on her. She has decided not to give him her ring ring, for the wedding. (laughs) There's only room, because it's only a five-page trip, there's only room for Hmm. one, but this is the bit of the film where we have the comedy cutaways to the things that are naturally delaying the wedding so that Sparkster can have a fight, then break the gem in time to stop things because things just have ever so fortunately been slowed down just enough.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and a I, I, uh, lovely little bit here, actually. The way that Nigel shows that the spell over all the people in the kingdom has been shattered along with the gem that was creating it is that you get to the, you know, uh, speak now or forever hold your peace bit of the wedding and people in the audience start going, Um, I, I object, actually. Yeah, I want to object. Yeah, that's
1: a good bit. Yeah. That's a good way It's of... not just that she comes out of it. No, exactly. And and, and that's it. It's everybody... It's a good bit of storytelling. Like, no, I want to oppose too. And me. Yeah, me too. Yeah.
0: That's great. Oh, she was too skinny anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we end on a... It is the end for you, you monster. Brr.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, this is good because like we've had our big like climactic turn now. So then the last issue gets to, gets to play it out. Mm give us the wind down and the final showdown and everything it's quite well paced in that regard
0: yeah next issue the hostage so presumably Geddle's gonna kidnap the princess and yeah. then it'll be him versus Sparks. i mean what else a
1: princess is good for in this type of story Indeed. sadly we don't get uh, uh any of keith page's beautiful ornate steampunk landscapes Ooh, in this issue we
0: do not no he, he gives us a lot of crowds but that's yeah they're okay it's the steampunky backgrounds we like yeah well
1: he gets to have fun with the reflections too. He does. Oh yeah, he's oh yeah, he's having a good time. As they say they spend a page fighting. Uh, uh it's it's yeah it's just very you, normally in the past i've pointed to certain times whenever we've had a full page that's just fighting going okay i mean you could have worked around that uh, to get the thing moving but not in this case no this feels this feels good this this feels like it all unfolds at just the right speed and it stops at just the right point yeah I, I yeah i've i've really enjoyed after that first chapter where i was like eh,
0: mm. I've really come around on Sparkster now. Yeah, no, it's it's a good bit of fun. It's not there's not much to it, but it's yeah, it's fine. And um, and page uh, not being able to do many detailed backgrounds this time, uh, I was impressed by his layout of the second to last page where there's a uh, you know mm. just between the fact that there's a big inset close up on Sparkster's face and the rest of the page is one big final panel of him exploding the gem. So. There gets to be a big sparks to poking out between the smaller action battles. Just a lot of it, it it just looks good. It looks really cool. I'm
1: not sure why the reflections have to be illusions, though. Yeah. I'm beginning to think you're right because I don't think you creeps are there at all. I think you only exist in my mind. Why do they have to only exist in his mind? Why can't they be reflections that have really come to life that
0: are then destroyed whenever he destroys the gem? Or being projected out of the gem. Yeah, whatever, yeah. I didn't mind that they were illusions. I just wasn't sure how or why he worked out that they were because he was just fighting yeah. them. Uh, is it supposed to be that they never quite touch each other or something? Yeah, perhaps it is. Yeah, perhaps it is. He winds through them with his sword, but he doesn't actually get them with his sword. So maybe you can't. Well, he
1: never contacts, mm. does he? Yeah. I guess it takes this line that their reflections, they are him. They're his dark side brought yeah. to life. Therefore, they're not just like, misshapen reflections that have been magically brought to life. They are something that's been projected out of his head, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't factor into the story in any Mm -hmm. way. You know, I guess maybe if I have a criticism of it, which is really only coming to me now, so it can't be that serious of a criticism Mm -hmm. is that, you know, that doesn't matter maybe if you had a bit more space maybe if in in this fight scene they were taunting him with things that they knew he was afraid of uh, you know yeah. just like each one of them threw an insult at him in each of the panels where it was some deep dark fear that he had and they were starting to get it. and then the, that's what tipped him off to the fact that they weren't real rather than they could be real they could be it wouldn't ma- it doesn't as you say it doesn't matter to the plot that they're imaginary and that they're not mm. really there that they're physically fighting
0: or not it doesn't doesn't matter yeah but it is cool having the big gem, having the reflections from the facets come out. I still like it. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, because it's cool, creepy, funhouse, mirror, yeah. elasticated, distorted uh, reflections. It's, it's just cool to look at it. gives gives Paige some imaginative things to do as these angular, triangular, misshapen, multifaceted panels. You see how the things are always stretching to fill up exactly the amount of negative space in the panels wherever sparkster is they aren't they are everywhere else in the panels oh
0: yeah oh that's really cool and and
1: and and they're distended and stretched in such a way that so that they're like just fitting it like this one here in the 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 one to the the fifth panel where this one has pulled himself out right thin and flat so he's right up against the panel border Mm he is he uh, because sparkster does a big swing in that panel and he takes up most of the panel so this guy just fills up stretches himself like really thin so he's he's just where sparkster isn't yeah. which again i suppose thematically further's the idea of them being the, the dark reflections of him they are the spaces where sparkster is not yeah. you know
0: yeah yeah so that was cool it was
1: cool wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> How about Andrew Goy from Redford, Sure, I bet he sounds like your kind of guy. <laughs> he says, My friend and I are budding DJs and have set up a radio station in my bedroom called Sonic and Tails FM. Yep. We play theme tunes to Sonic games as well as giving a rundown on the video game charts. Yep, yeah. And Megadroid replies, Sonic Testing, mate.
0: Yep, that's, uh, that's my kind of kid. Did you ever do anything like that? Oh, God, yeah. See, I want to know more about Sonic and Tails FM because... What I hope it is, is that Andrew Goy and his friend are being Sonic and Tails, and they're the DJs. If it's just, hi, I'm Andrew, and this is Sonic and Tails FM, it's suddenly not a very good name for a channel. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, yeah, of course, of course. Every child with a tape recorder did this at some point, didn't we? Did you have one? Did you do well, this? I had a, I had a, like a sort of a ghetto
1: blaster yeah. radio type thing, but no, I, I can't say as I did ever pretend to be a radio DJ. Oh,
0: well i don't know what you were doing that well you wasting, you're wasting the, the ghetto blaster then i mean i <laughs> recorded a few stories reading out uh, doing voices sure things. okay that's fine well those are the features that you put on the. no i yes I, classically i think a lot of kids do this i did it once or twice but then we moved on to just all the silly ideas that we had we just used to do little dramas and things i mean this
1: is this is what
0: tiktok is for today kids are just doing exactly the same thing now except it's on tiktok well we're doing it now this is it i'm doing this now because i I did that then (laughs) well yeah i guess you're right (laughs) this is sonic and tails radio everyone we're carrying on the torch from andrew goy and his friends hi
1: this is sonic and Tails fm hi (laughs) i'm sonic and he's tails i'm tails and he's
0: sonic Doctor's Orders, Dear Megadroid, says... I'll tell you who says this in a minute. Dear Megadroid, your comic is suffering from a serious illness called CLOSATS, which stands for Chronic Lack of Sonic and Tails Stories. Okay, fine. The perfect remedy would be if STC concentrated less on a certain feisty redhead and increased the dose particularly of Tails, and that purports to be from Dr. E. Hands of Everton near Sandy Bed's keep dr e hands away from your now, sandy what bed what is
1: that do you think do you think that's supposed to be a pun or
0: this something? is it i've been staring e. at it trying to figure it out dr E i ha- i'm sure there is a sandy bedfordshire but i always because it's sandy beds i took that to me maybe part of the joke as well e hat dr e hands dr hands i i don't I, i'm afraid i don't get it no, i can't get that, it no
1: Nope. I mean, and obviously it's the idea that they're a doctor. A doctor, that's fine. why they're diagnosing it with an illness.
0: Yeah, so it might just be E hands, but they've put doctor hands? I don't don't know. know. No, I don't get it. Megadroid replies, does this mean you're not interested in
1: the forthcoming... Knuckles and tails series. Mm. Doc, stay tuned. I wonder
0: if that's the adventure that they were referring to. So that'll take place in the special zone, presumably. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that replaces um chaotic. So that'll be along in two issues' yeah. time.
0: Oh, it's nice that we keep um, keep. So that it seems important to them to just keep Knuckles going, always Knuckles. Yeah, I think this thing. might
1: be the point now where Knuckles stays and never goes away. Good. Yeah. He never should. Uh, They don't know that for sure, so we'll see, I guess. But um, I hadn't really realized until I read this that, yeah, actually, Sonic and Tails haven't been together on an adventure in absolutely ages. Oh, I
0: see what they mean. Yes, that is true. Yeah,
1: they they don't mean there's not Sonic stories or Tails stories. Mm. They don't mean Sonic stories and Tails stories. They mean stories about Sonic and Tails. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because the last run, obviously, we had to however many issues we had, seven issues of, of Sonic and uh, Knuckles and maybe there's been whole Freedom Fighter stories where they're all in it but I can't remember, honestly I'm sitting here and I'm thinking I can't remember the last time Sonic and Tails went on an adventure together that yeah. wasn't just the start of the Tails story that ended with them getting separated very soon after Maybe, maybe Super Sonic back in issue 20 when they went to the
0: Hilltop Zone? Maybe, yeah I, I was talking to someone on Twitter um like, yesterday or something, about the fact that, to them, Sonic has never been... So- to me, the perfect number of people in a Sonic story is two plus one. Sonic and Tails, yeah. perfect, plus Knuckles, yeah. perfect. Yeah,
1: the extra guy, the sort of bonus, the n- n- the sixth ranger, yes. if you will, even though he's the third. he's He's there, but he's not part of a trio the way that they're kind of treated as and of course, much
0: as i enjoy the freedom team those are still like my three go-to heroes and, and everyone else is, yeah. is sort of a, a secondary sidekicky sort of role the person i was talking to younger than me and therefore has never experienced sonic as a without a batman and robin no not just knuckles they've never experienced him uh, that not part of a massive team of people and so to them the idea of stripping it down to just two guys is really weird and so, I think mm-hmm. I said, right, you need to read some uh, Martin, Martin Adams, Adams then. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you think about it, it's like, I don't know who the person
1: was, but if they're, never mind being younger, if you're American, mm. that's your experience yes. of Sonic. Because yes. he's always been part of a team then. But yeah, I suppose I've never really thought about it yet. But as, as quickly as we adopted the idea of Freedom Fighters in our comic, yeah, when you talk about Martin Adams, Yeah, it, it's it's Batman and Robin. Batman it's, and it's, Robin. A, it's a two-man duo. That's That's what it was all about. And then... The special extra character appeared, who was a baddie first. Then, in yeah. the next game, you got to play as yeah. him. He's he's always he's the bonus. I'll call him a sixth ranger again. Yep. Yeah, I'm, and that is really still how I think of of Knuckles. Because I mean, in incorporating Knuckles into the core trio in modern uh, Sonic stuff, he he has become much softer than yes. the Knuckles we know. In the way I like my Knuckles, yes. you know, he stands apart. He's a little hard edged. He is isolationist. He lives up on that there island. Yeah. He's not just one of the gang, but I said, you see, we talk well, I'm sitting here talking about a trio, and it's really a quartet, isn't it? I mean, Amy yep. is, e- is easily as a, on as equal footing as the three of them, and pretty much all Sonic stuff now. Today. Yeah,
0: and in, yeah, yeah, and uh, that's I fully accept that. Like, she's a great addition to it, and I agree with that. But back in the day, she was very much a secondary character. So, oh, very
1: much so. Yes, yeah. So it's funny to think how long it's been since we've had an actual Batman and Robin story in the comic.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: I got a great chuckle from Kyle Senior and Skag Ness saying your Q-Zone specials are okay for those STC readers who have the video games, but they're totally useless for those who don't. Mm. And he's completely correct. I thought the same way when I was a kid, you know? At least I get a little variety whenever there's a queue zone with multiple different games. There's a chance I might own one of them. Even if I don't, there's a possibility. But when you dedicate two or three issues in a row over to one game,
0: <laughs> it's you just wasting space. It is a bit, yeah, I, yeah.
1: yeah. Megadroid says, point taken. Kyle, are you suggesting we send David Gibbon to the home for retired game gurus? Well, it's an option, isn't
0: <laughs> it? <laughs> Uh, and we got a couple of pieces of uh, fan art sent in uh, one is from Helen Dixon in Cambridge Sparkster reads some fan mail it's just a picture of Sparkster reading a map
1: oh, no no that's copied right out of the first Sparkster strip yeah. that's when he was looking at the wanted poster yeah
0: yeah and then uh, but I love this one Vector versus Knuckles it's uh, a picture of Vector and Knuckles smiling into the camera while Vector <laughs> reaches behind him to punch Knuckles directly in the face
1: <laughs> i'm not sure are this is the question though like they've framed it vector versus knuckles but are they fighting uh, or has uh, mark walker from Mansfield, nottinghamshire simply drawn the pair bursting, bursting through a wall through like the kool-aid man with their fists and, and feet perhaps, out to do that yeah, yeah it out and that they and they've just uh, overlapped unfortunately
0: yes probably by copying drawings of them from the knuckles Chaotix strip.
1: Yeah, Vector is in the pose just that he was in on the final page of the uh, Chaotix uh, there first you go. appearance, and which is which is only four issues yeah. ago. Oh, but I suppose that is two months ago, isn't it? So that's enough time. It's about the right amount of time, in, isn't it? And get it. You printed. forget
0: how time passes. Sometimes. I know you do, even though we are doing it at the correct in real time. Stu- yeah, so yeah, I don't know yeah. why you forget that. I uh, guess well because we're, we're adults
1: now, and it feels like it just bloody yesterday we read that comic. I know
0: exactly. uh but yeah good drawing mark well done uh there you go prizes to be dispatched to everybody within approximately 28 days of publication and if you haven't received your prize after that time and if you haven't received it by now 26 years later then you definitely need to ask for helen waller on 0171 344 6400 she's retired now she's a little old lady phone her up ask for her. (laughs) deal with that helen Don't phone her up. We will not be liable. There's something about putting the poor
1: woman's name in the comments I know. That's like, go and bother this woman. (laughs) Don't don't be ringing the main office. Don't be sending letters in. It's Helen you want. (laughs) And then she's probably just like, I would have said like the social media, whatever the day's equivalent of the social media manager was whose job it was to just put the pencil cases in the envelope.
0: (laughs) So that's STC's mailbag this issue, but we've got our own mailbag, which you can write to Pen and paper at the ready for when I give the address at the end of this little bit. And we've got a letter here from Craig Coldwell titled Memories from a Pixel Brain. <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay, we're off to a good start. <laughs> and it reads Hello, you beautiful creatures. I discovered your podcast after seeing it plugged at the end of a Transformers the Basics Yay! episode. Also wonderful, by the Thank way. You. And I've just listened to episode 52 at the start of a night shift. I've been meaning to write in for a while and share some random memories, but since I have to secretly listen to podcasts while I'm at work, I always forgot. Well, there's nobody here now, so I'll give it a go. I read STC from issue 2 until its final issue, well into the reprint era. I loved the Sonic games and STC. I was even lucky enough to have a few Sonic t-shirts when I was in primary school that earned me the nickname of Sonic when we played Tiggy, which is what we call tag, at <laughs> yeah. break times. It was, it was TIG in my area, yeah. I won't have any... TIG area. in mine too, yes. Yeah, right. So there we go. So we can shove all this tag nonsense aside and call it an archism. Um, <laughs> I, I, I might possibly be, yeah. <laughs> all that changed when I started secondary school because all of a sudden, Sonic the Comic was uncool in the eyes of the popular kids. <gasps> so I had to pretend I didn't read it anymore. That's interesting because... You know, I'm just the age where I was starting secondary school when it was starting. Like, that was the summer when it started, was when I moved Mm -hmm. up. So all my school-based STC memories were actually in secondary school. So I guess I just wasn't in the cool kids. (laughs) Well, was there ever any doubt? Uh,
1: See them before we go anywhere. Sure, See them. Let's not make no bones
0: about it. I certainly didn't have any doubt that I was not part of that group. No, although I didn't think—I don't think my school had cool kids. And like my friends, we just had like us who were friends. So I thought of them as the cool kids, and then like nasty kids. And I don't remember them being particularly yeah. popular. You know, there were just there was just nasty kid groups and nice kid groups. So uh, perhaps I was doing all right. Um, anyway, one day in an art lesson. We had to show something we'd been working on, and a popular kid revealed a striking design with his original character's face in the middle. It was a picture of Knack the Bloody Weasel he'd copied from a recent it's STC. Gom, <laughs> oh, outrage. <laughs> I once submitted a drawing of Sonic to STC and had the cheek to ask for a 32X if I won anything, as I had a Mega Drive already. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Assert yourself. Give it a go. Child logic dictated that because I had told my mum I'd drawn the picture, in fact, I'd traced a Sonic cover from an issue or two beforehand, I would also fool Megadroid. It uh, <laughs> didn't get printed, obviously.
1: There's no obviously about it. Yeah. They're always printing. Just because you tracings. copied it doesn't mean uh, yeah. doesn't mean they wouldn't publish it, even though they claimed otherwise in the yeah yeah. Ones.
0: And if you'd said, "Can I have a thirty two X?" They'd probably print that and be like, "Oh, you know what I mean." They rip the piss out of kids like that in SDC. Yeah, all the time. yeah.
1: They'd have a go at yeah, it. Fr-
0: frankly, I think what you've done there is two things that probably helped your chances, but obviously not all the way to the finish line. Forgive my rambling, says Craig. Love the podcast and thinking back to a better, simpler time of pogs and bogglins. And that's from Craig Caldwell, still Game Gear and Mini Mega Drive owner. Thank you very much, Craig. That is,
1: that's what we're shooting for, isn't it? Back to a simpler time. Whenever everything was exactly as complicated then as it is now, but we were just too little and stupid to realise it
0: here's one from rach haves rhymes with daves it says dear stctp love the podcast despite having never encountered stc out in the wild it's really fun discovering this world of uk sonic i previously didn't know existed i started listening recently after hearing about the podcast johnny sims of magnus archives fame mentioned it in a recent q a episode yeah we've had a few come over from johnny sims we've heard yeah and binged it all over the course of about a week oh wow well, they, well wow, that is a little... That, high praise indeed. That means we are an entertaining yes. podcast. I came to Sonic, she says, through Sonic Heroes, which I loved despite its less-than-stellar reputation. I don't know. I haven't played it since I was about six, so who knows? <laughs> and through, I think deep in your heart, <laughs> you probably know. <laughs> and through reruns of the Adventures cartoon and the frankly bizarre Sonic Underground, a cartoon that leans very heavily into the Freedom Fighter thing and for some reason gives Sonic a brother and sister called Manic and Sonia and has mm. them search for their mother it was like Queen of Mobius or something? Anyway, yes, it was a weird cartoon. That was the, the yeah, what, what we thought was going to be the last of the Sonic cartoons. And it really felt like they'd sort of, to me, it felt like they'd run out of ideas. Um, but yes, I know a couple of people was, who swear it's a good series if you properly watch it. So maybe one day. No, those people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, love the podcast. Looking forward to the episodes to come from Rach Haves, rhymes with Aves, 22 of Warrington, Cheshire, not a Sega console owner, because. Not to make you guys feel old, I was only two when the Dreamcast was discontinued.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That just got worse and worse with every clause. I don't know, I feel like I'm over that sort of thing. This podcast has opened my heart and mind to the existence of young people.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really made me live and learn. I always used to measure age of people by how old they were when the SNES came out. For some reason, that was the one. (laughs) That was
1: your yardstick. If
0: they weren't born when the SNES came out, they were a weird little tiny baby that is not i cannot do that anymore because grown adults weren't born when the dreamcast came out and that's just something i have to uh, just accept
1: is 22 really a grown adult in this day and age you know (laughs) of
0: course it is what
1: a rude thing to say (laughs) just you know in this in this economic climate (laughs) Well, thanks very much for your letter, Rich. Hopefully you'll continue to listen as things creep closer and closer to the year of your birth. Oh,
0: think of that,
1: yeah. Her birth may coincide with the death of STC.
0: (laughs) And if you'd like to be in our mailbag, then you can write to stctpodcast at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you soon. And that brings us to the end of Not Just Another (laughs) Issue.
1: But to the end of an entire era, sir. For next issue, it's the new look, Sonic the comic. And the next issue preview thing
0: here on the inside back cover is just the dang old cover. Yeah, in an unusual move. I don't think they've ever done that before. The whole cover but barcode and all.
1: Barcode and all. That's the thing that really jumps out at you, isn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just plopped there right down on that last page. It has got a free... STC
1: notepad with it which is uh, mm-hmm. is draw. there's an illustration of it right here Dave you don't still own that not do you?
0: that I'm aware of and it looks like it would be useless as a notepad it's one of those ones you used to get notepads like this when you were a kid in the 90s where mm. it's a really weird shape because essentially it's a cutout of some picture or other. We've got one lying around from my childhood that's a dinosaur, drawing of a dinosaur. And it's printed a bit faintly, and you're supposed to write on top of it, but you, you don't. You can't concentrate with yeah, that underneath not it. Not
1: faintly enough.
0: Yeah. And in this case, it's that flippin' winking Sonic clip art, again, from the old yep. uh, design document that they were sent at the start. And the words Sonic the Comic, not the logo Sonic the Comic, just the words Sonic the Comic... And loads of copyright information. In a, in a, the shape of it is essentially just like a, a circle with Sonic's ears and Spike poking out. It doesn't look very appealing. It's not. If you're looking at that, you're not going oh, I don't look ever remember writing that. anything on it.
1: No, no memory of. it. As it's the full cover, we can see all the contents for next issue. We're going to be able to win a Mega Drive 32x and Chaotix pack. There's a pin-up and a free pad, and then the bullet-pointed list of the strips contained: Sonic, Knuckles, Sparkster, Kid Chameleon, plus. FIFA 95 Q-Zone. That'll be thrilling. Mm
0: -hmm. STC email. That's going to be a whole thing, apparently. (laughs) That is thrilling. (laughs) And
1: Mega Drive 2. What?
0: i mean i know but what yes
1: yeah, see, stc 58 on sale saturday the 5th of august 1995 at the new price of one pound 20 it's the beginning of a whole new era we'll be joined by a special guest to look at that issue and when you're looking for that issue you'll be able to find it where all
0: good podcasts are available
1: or you can download it directly from our website at stctp.wigglehe.com
0: yes and if you like this podcast and you want to follow it on twitter you can do that it is at Sonic Podcast, and we're on there separately, of course. Who isn't? I'm at Demon Tomato Dave. I am at Chris McFeely, and we're both on YouTube under those names as well. This podcast is able to happen because of you lot supporting us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you want to join in with all of those lovely people and get thank you'd out yourself, then hop over to patreon.com forward slash stctp where you can get stuff. We do stuff for you. We do two videos a month, usually. One in which we reflect on the latest chunk of the Martin Adams novels, those Sonic novels that came out during the first year of uh, Sonic the Comic and is sort of integral to our understanding of the early version of the characters. And... The other one that we do is me subjecting Chris to the fanfic that I wrote about now, as this comic was coming out, in reaction to some of its more epic stories. I was trying to dial the epic up a notch, and I overshot, shall we say that? <laughs> uh, shall we say? <laughs> as Amy and the others helplessly watched. <laughs>
1: Helplessly, is it? You've a stick there, Johnny.
0: Sonic the Hedgehog's bodily organs and blood spilt out across the metal floor. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. This is the worst thing. This is the stuff. This time there was no second chance. Sonic was Was dead. dead. (laughs)
1: yeah oh, <laughs> It is thanks to the Patreon that we are able to pay our editor, Sam Gabriel, whose work you can find online at samgabrielvo.com, and he's
0: on Twitter at SaberInBlue. And also we have an opening theme, which is by Sonic the Comic, the band, and you can find them and it at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com. Go and chuck some dosh at them and hear some songs. But we have been Sonic the Comic, the podcast, and we will see you
1: next, next time!
0: time.